0: This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. I'm sure you probably heard that there's been this big political upset in Argentina, this new president coming in. He's a uh, right-winger, if you could imagine that. At least that's what they're accusing him of. What are they really uh, so fanatical about this guy uh, about, I wondered. He's got weird hair. He seems kind of crazy. He speaks in in um, non-politically correct terms at times, from what it seems. I haven't really been paying too close attention up until now. And I thought, let me look into it. Let me see what's going on down there. What's the weather like in Argentina? I ask myself all these questions. What's it like to live in Argentina? What's the uh, geography like? What's, uh, what's it like to be there, the food, etc.? And um, I've never been there, so I had to kind of scout around from satellite imagery and what I could find on the Internet. And uh, it looks pretty interesting to me. It looks kind of uh, quite a bit like Mexico. Country, uh, you know, has a big coast that's long and narrow, if you know your geography at all. Pretty cold down at the bottom, whether it be there north, south, obviously, but like our north. And um, nice, very uh, temperate up by Buenos Aires where the capital is. And that's where the bulk of the people live. The whole bottom part of the country, it's uh, like rural, high desert, really, for the most part. Dirt roads. It's crazy rural out there. And I think most of those people out there are just very dirt poor. And then as you get up up into the northern side, um, I couldn't find any evidence of any large scale subdivide uh, you know subdivisions, suburbs, you know like we have here uh, connecting. What do they call it? Like D.C. to New York, like a, a mega city or something they call it. Like if you look at it from an, a, a, a nighttime map, it just looks like it's. Totally populated and then just the whole region. You've got all these, you know, half-acre, quarter-acre, third-acre lots all over the place. And, uh, you know, that was kind of the American dream, right? The single-family house and, you know, a little plot of ground you could call your own and the white picket fence and all that. And I think a lot of that is kind of overrated, but that's not why I wanted to bring it. up. not owning a home, by the way, but, you know, a little quarter-acre lot. Not that there's anything wrong with it at all, at all. That point, I think you might be better off in a townhouse. But anyway, point being, I didn't find any evidence of what you would see as like a normal American community of towns and then very, very rural for the most part. Um, they have a town called America, and so I was scouting around America in Argentina, go figure. And I'll tell you, it looks pretty nice. It also, looks pretty quiet, very quiet. The whole the whole country looks. Sleepy, quiet, really. I guess modern, at least in some ways, electric everywhere, even on the dirt roads. Um, So they're connected, I guess you could say. Amazing electric, how it connected, everybody. It looks like a nice little town. You know, some of the, even like the blighted areas where they have vacant buildings, there's no um, graffiti, no litter, nothing. Very clean, very quiet. Seemed very nice. Also seemed to me kind of like a, a civilization that seems to be kind of dying as well. But as I took all this in, oh, and I was looking at the history of Argentina a little bit. And, you know, for res- for whatever reason, it's been uh, fought over and argued over like everything. And they um, broke off from Spain around the same time that we became a country. It was just, It wasn't 1776, but it was close to it. The May Revolution, I guess. Um, Influenced by ideas of the Enlightenment and events like the French Revolution, the people of Buenos Aires initiated the May Revolution on May 25, 1810. This led to the establishment of the first Junta, am I saying that right, and marked the beginning of the Argentine War of Independence. Independence, 1816. Civil Wars, 1820s to 1862. Um, Consolidation and expansion after a period of internal strife for Argentina. Experienced economic growth and territorial expansion. The country attracted waves of European immigrants, contributing to its uh, demographic and cultural diversity. That lasted until nineteen thirty. Um, went through some social and economic reforms, and then military dictatorship nineteen seventy six to nineteen eighty three. Um, and then they've been fighting with these economic challenges. So, what's been the basic problem for Argentina? I wonder. The weather's great. They've got access to global markets a plenty. Um, I don't know what all the natural resources are in Argentina, but it seems to be they have plenty. They have plenty of room. I don't know why uh, nobody's trying to immigrate to uh, Argentina. You could probably go. You know, bust across the border in Argentina, get yourself a really nice plot of ground down there, live off the land, and probably live cheap. But it proves to me that that's not what these immigrants that are coming here, that's not what they want. They're not looking for an opportunity to build a better life. They're not looking to come to, you know, stake their claim and and, and create communities. That's not what they're doing at all. If they were doing that, they'd go down to Argentina. You know, if you really wanted to get away from it all, you wanted to, you know, some of the people, I'd like to go live like the Amish. There you go. They're waiting for you down there. You could come scrub together a very small investment and probably do really well in Argentina. You could retire nicely in Argentina. Um, what's, what's there to be afraid of, really? Well, the country's going through a bit of a, a collapse. Why? It's a largely uh, light-skinned demographic from all the European influence. What's the problem? Catholics down there, big Catholics. Spanish is the the language. Very, uh, you know, low social problems compared to probably the United States. Low military spending compared to the United States. What's the problem? What's the problem? Well, the government... Fiat money, printing too much money, taking on debts. I'll tell you, you know, the bottom line is when when governments have the ability to take on debts, you can't trust that they're going to pay it back. And that's what's happening. Take writing new loans to pay off the old ones. Constantly doing that. That's really what fiat money is. Constantly writing new loans to pay off old ones plus a little more new loan equals the old loan, plus a little more inflation just keeps going up, up, up. Now there's some talks about deflation coming, but this isn't really so much about finances right now. Why do I bring all this up? Well, there's a couple of reasons I bring it up. Uh, First is to prove the point that I just made that, um, even for people here that say it that they want to you know get away from it all and live a simpler life closer to God, uh, the reality is very few people are doing it. Reality is people enjoy being fat and happy and addicted to their screens. I mean, it's just a simple truth. Am I right? Uh, speaking of which, I'll take a little break from the serious conversation to make a point here. Um, I spent well, I spent. All afternoon Friday, all day Saturday, outside. Sunday it was raining here, and uh, I actually nodded off in the chair a little bit, which is not good for me. I was I moved, uh, picked up, and moved, and stacked about a quart of firewood, and um yeah, it just tore. Me. I did that on Saturday, and then I was doing some other things as well, including uh, shooting bow. And I think I was talking to you a little bit about this. I got. I am waiting for some longer arrows to come in. And um, I can draw this thing back properly. I got like a 33-inch draw length. Crazy when you think about it. But um, and I was I was dinging them. I was drilling them right in there with that bow. Really happy with the just a little recurve. We were shooting from 20 yards, and then we went back to 30 yards. And then uh, my buddy who's here uh, who brought me the bow, he said, let's just each shoot six and six and then see how our group is. I was like, you know what? That's a great idea. That's what we did for like the second half. But it was just, it was a little chilly out there outside the whole time. And then, you know what we had for dinner? Steak. Red meat. I didn't even eat any potatoes or corn. I did have a uh, croissant roll or two. But uh, I just ate as much of that. I was like craving red meat. Call me crazy. Call me whatever you want. But it was good. Big old thick ribeye. You know what I did? This worked out perfectly. Uh, I noticed I get these thin steaks from these thin ribeyes from the market down here. And they cook up beautifully on the grill. It's like four minutes a side. And, like, you can't screw them up. And they, they just come off great. Get these big thick steaks. You think you're getting premium grade, and it's really hard to cook it right when they're that thick. And you get into a whole different flavor profile as a result. Like, you could literally cook that thick steak to where the center is, is cold still. People like that. Some people like that. Um, and sometimes I do as well. But with the ribeye, when when that's not cooked in there, that, that the tendons and silver so whatever is in there, that membrane, it gets a little grisly, if you know what I mean. I do I had that problem with the thinner steaks. So my wife got fillets, big two-inch thick fillets, and she got for me and my buddy these inch-and-a-half thick ribeyes. And you know what I did? I I cut them in half. I sliced them in half. I have these super sharp knives, made quick work of that, and um, the fillet. And, and you know, I was, I was a little nervous about and It's like, you know, $50 worth of meat that I'm messing with here. It's so like we leave this for the butcher to do, you know what I mean? I thought, nah. I think this is gonna be all right. I nailed it. I nailed it. I just, I just butterflied them, left them together, and uh, it was great. But that was like, I don't know. Those were those were over twenty ounces of steak. I didn't finish it. I finished it today, yesterday, the day after. It's good stuff. Anyway, get outside, live your life, get away from those screens. Anyway. Argentina, to me, is proof that people really don't want to live in quiet solitude away from the masses. That they want to be sucked. That people want to live in communities. Look, it's fun. You know, I talked to somebody. I just want to get away from everybody. I just want to be away from everybody. I'm tired of it. And I don't think it's really true. You know, now, listen, peace and quiet is nice. I've often said it would be nice to have both. You know, if if, if logistics weren't an issue, which it always is, time and money, I would love to have a, a town home down in the city. I would love to. Not anymore. It's not fun to go to the city anymore because it's not safe. I think that's part of the problem in, in Argentina. Would you make a move like that? Would you go down to Argentina? I don't know many people that would. Look, nobody's doing it. I think their population's going down. And so the other point then is why aren't the immigrants going down? there? you got all these young men perfectly poised to build new communities. No, they're being paid to do this. This is a paid, planned effort. If it wasn't, they'd be going to Argentina, or at least some would. You say, well, there's no opportunity in Argentina, meaning no money, I guess. Is that really the problem? That's the part that I really wanted to talk about. That's what I really wanted to get into with you about this Argentina thing. This problem in Argentina, this new president comes in. And the first thing he's saying is that he's going to cut back the government, that he's going to cut the size of government. And suddenly, you know, people are freaking out about this. I hear people here talking. Do you think we should get rid of the Department of Education? Absolutely. And, and, and probably a, a whole litany of other things that go along with it. Do you realize how much money is getting spent for the administration of schools and not for teaching? You've got a whole federal Department of Education. You know what they do to teach? Nothing. They don't teach a single kid. You've got, at the state level, a Department of Education. Overseeing and planning and funding and important work to do. Whole level at the state, they don't teach one kid. Within the school districts themselves, at the school district level, you've got a whole administration, superintendents or, or whatever they are, and a school board, and And all that costs money, lots of money. And uh, they don't teach a single kid either. And then you get into the school itself. And you've got a whole multi-tiered, complicated management structure. In many cases, like with our school district, it takes somebody with a doctorate to run that. The superintendent of schools pulling down, like, you know, they're going to report it like a $400,000 a year salary. But... That doesn't really, you know, tell the whole picture. All the benefits and the vehicle, and they can use it for personal use because they have to come back for emergencies, and because they're so important, and yada yada yada. And um, a lot, a lot of money being spent for these fancy people, and not one of them teaches a child. So it's out of hand. So the reason I say all this is kind of funny to me that this guy is going to become president of Argentina. They're struggling financially. I want to talk about why. But he talks about making cuts and everybody freaks out. How could you cut that? What are you talking about? It's comical to me. The news. Oh, he's going to cut the department of whatever. Nobody's going to notice it. Nobody's going to notice a thing. It'll be better. It's time. So what is the problem in Argentina. The problem in Argentina is the same that Mexico went through. And if you were to read the Mexican news today, it reads very much like our news. You know, it sounds like things are just lovely. It just fails to mention the fact that the drug cartels have taken hold. The governments can't keep up. Why? Why? Mexico is a big country with lots of resources. Why can't the government keep up? Corrupt. It's the biggest reason. Corrupt. The money's corrupt and everything else is corrupt. That's the point I'm getting at. Argentina, the country that couldn't resist printing money, printing money, to, printing new loans to pay off old loans and new loans for new things. They just kept borrowing and borrowing and borrowing, stacking on top, on top, on top. And I don't know what the news was there. Did the people follow it? Did anybody care? Maybe, maybe not. They destroyed their own currency, this own little country. I'm sure there was all kinds of, you know, outside influences and whatnot. But either way, either way, the, the uh, evil nature of fiat money and what it does to countries, societies, the lives that are lost. Every time, every time, it is so, it is like the, the poison pill of society and you look at what's happening there or what has happened there as a result of this temptation on the politicians that they just can't seem to break free now finally this guy's going to come in and he wants to adopt the dollar jesus what is he signing on for biden must just be smug as anything right i don't know but he's putting he's going to put his uh faith in the dollar as the the currency for the country. Maybe, maybe you'll get lucky, and the United States will send them some a couple billion in sympathy dollars to get them started. A little loan to get them started. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get the paperwork ready now. We'll get you guys started down this path. Get you a little loan to get you going. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, a little loan to get you going. Let me know how that ends up. It'll just be a new kind of problem. But I think as far as making the cuts, I think he's right on the mark. Cut the whole doggone federal government. If we would stop this fanatical spending of money. They can't stop right now, by the way. It's not just a matter of of cutting the presses. Um, if they do, the whole thing will collapse very quickly. There's a lot of rumors floating around of a, of a collapse coming, but... Uh, you know, we're going into an election year, and it's kind of stuff starts to hype up. I guess I don't know; it could happen any day. I think I really do. If you if you look at what's happening in the, uh, um, the, the what is it called the overnight market, and the the cash flow problems that they've had, the fact that the Fed is losing money for the first time ever and like big money, uh, it's just wildly problematic. They can't get people to to buy the the T bills. The rates are going uh, honky. And, uh, and we're in the early stages. <laughs> we haven't seen the problems yet. The, the, the spending levels that this country is at have to stop. It has to stop. The, being propped up by illegal immigration is only going to last so long. Uh, and I think that's going to come to an end soon. And they're not going to be able to continue the growth at the same level. And it's going to have to to reverse, it. and then when that happens, it, it it can it either grows or it fails. The fiat money knows nothing else. You either feed it or it eats you. <laughs> Pretty much how it works. I think that's a great analogy, actually. What are the the Tuttle uh, twins' book series? What do they call it? The um, Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like of the Fed. I don't know. Anyway, either you feed the Fed or the Fed eats you. that's what's going to happen. Listen, I think that every major problem that we are seeing in our society will continue as long as we have the same problem with our money until the the, the dollar value is fixed. Um, And I don't know. There's probably different ways to do that. Um, and And I don't know that they even can. I really don't. The winners and losers that would be created out of that And, you know, you look at the path of what goes on. This is what I wanted to mention to you. I think that we're headed for socialism. Um, We could snap out of it. We'll see if there's, like, some kind of great awakening truly going on. But I don't think so. Everybody's sitting back, fat and happy, collecting two pensions. But here's what happens. They print too much money. The politicians make all these promises. They die off. The promises never get fulfilled. The debts remain. The new politicians come in. And now they're faced with paying these debts and trying to, you know, put the pieces back together. So what do they do? Well, the only option they can resort to is borrowing more money, printing more money. And the process just continues on and on. And then at some point, inevitably, something happens. Now, for the United States, we've been the world reserve currency, and we've been able to create inflation everywhere around the world. And in some ways, it's been good. That ride up. You look at the, the wealth that's been created, the standard of living that's changed around the world because of the U.S. dollar, and it's been effective in that regard. But the value was never regulated. The American government just allowed to spend, spend, spend with no discipline at all, and it has just led to, you know, throwing money at every ridiculous thing under the planet. From handicapped corner ramps that go nowhere to school programs that do nothing to teach basic education to military efforts at diversification that do nothing for our combat readiness, the list goes on and on and on. Why? It's like when they added HR at your work, right? They added HR. What did HR do? They brought rules. (laughs) They brought a new way of doing things, didn't they? (laughs) All of a sudden, you can't say that anymore. Ask anybody that's been through it. You say, how did we manage to get by without HR? You know, HR, you think people are going to get along better, and that doesn't happen. And some companies, all they do is hiring, but some of you know what I'm talking about. Same thing with government, I think. So then something inevitably happens to interrupt the cash flow scheme of the pyramid scheme, and now the government's in trouble. Um, They're going to blame somebody else. I mean, after all, they didn't do it. They weren't the ones that borrowed the original trillions. Who knows who even borrowed that at this point? If they hadn't done that, if we weren't carrying all that prior debt, we wouldn't be in this situation. But either way, uh, somebody's got to pay. And, you know, it's going to be for the good of everybody, and that's when they start taking. And, you know, they'll beef up the IRS, and they'll go after the delinquent stuff. Um, But then they just, that's where you get socialism. Say, well, you know what, we're going to have to take the oil to pay off our debts. And your own government does it, because the the, the banker's worse to deal with than the voter. You know what I mean? And they'll do whatever they have to do to make it impossible for you to fight back. All this talk of, um, you know, from the WF and you'll own nothing and be happy. I'm telling you, I think it's already done. It's already done. People that when the value of money is nothing, how is the value of anything else much? A lot of people, I think, instinctively preparing for it. I might have mentioned this to you, that right now we have the highest number of homes in this country owned mortgage-free than ever in the history of the country. Isn't that crazy? People, even who would think? Say, wow. People, they'll take them. <laughs> they'll absolutely take them if they have to. The government's sitting there looking, hey, there's trillions and trillions of dollars there. Lots of old people. They're not going to be around much longer. Well, take it. Always looking to take it. I suppose some of that is the natural cycle, but when the money is corrupted, the money the value of the money becomes corrupted, everything becomes corrupted, and you, we've got all these debts, thirty some trillion in debts debt calculator. debt ceiling history raised seventy four times. what's the debt level? over thirty trillion crazy who who do we owe that money to largely to ourselves? It's another weird phenomena with that. It's just it's money that's been created out of thin air. They'll say, oh it's a, a, the government owes it the government doesn't have anything to pay it off I mean it's sell park land. It's happened. Sell resources, that's the other thing. I would be more in favor of doing that to pay off the debts if need be or, or to spur some kind of growth. Hey, we're going to open up this uh, land for development a certain area, whatever the case might be.
1: And I don't know why
0: there isn't more of an effort uh, to cooperate and do that, to rebuild strong communities. There's such a need for it, huge need. You know, if you could build a new modern city, I mean, we obviously have people that want to relocate here or build it in Argentina. You know, all this talk of smart cities, why don't they go build one down in Argentina? I guess nobody wants to live there. Is it windy there? Is that the problem? Is it too windy there? That what makes it uncomfortable? Wind can be a real, a real bear for being outside. You know, it's one thing when it's cold, it's one thing when it's raining, but man, when it's windy, you can't get away from it. You know what I mean? The 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 rain you can you know you can you can put on a rain jacket, and obviously you can you know have things that break the wind, but it's just you don't the noise right you don't get away from it. Nothing everything has to be nailed down, whatever the case might be. But anyway, I think we're going down the same path. This, we have no financial discipline and nothing even being talked about politically to deal with it. Nobody even cares. This 33 trillion up people say, Yeah, look, Biden all they care about is the inflation. they say, Well, we're never gonna be able to pay this back. Nobody cares. That's not an honorable money system. When we talk about a just system and just the laws. You know, are we ever really completely free? How do you say that you are? You know, we could get rid of uh, property tax. You could say, well, you can live on your own land completely free. Or what are you completely free of? You know, the neighbor's still going to make noise. The water runoff is still, you know, you you can't get away from people completely. We live communally. We're communal creatures by and large. You, You know, of course, you have rare exceptions of people that, you know, go out and live on their own and so forth. But generally, we're communal people. I was talking to my buddy, and he said, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, preparation and survival. and so you know, you think about in a grid-down scenario how quickly you'd start cooperating with your neighbor. I don't even know my neighbors. How quickly you'd be like, hey, you got chickens? Tell you what, but if I give you some of these, you know, potatoes and whatever, and you give me a chicken. I'll give you some firewood, and you give me a chicken. How's that? Now you're talking, right? And you be like, "I tell you what, you're going to be the woodcutter." All right. I'll be the woodcutter, you be the chicken farmer. All right. And the lady next door, she's going to do all the food prep so we can stay busy cutting wood and raising chickens. And all of a sudden you got a little a little communism going on there. <laughs> People live in communal. It doesn't involve the government. That's the difference. So you cooperate? I don't know. Argentina looks like a beautiful opportunity down there to me. Some young people wanted to go down there and stake their claim and create a new life down there. Maybe create a a, a whole new world in some ways. I'm sure it's not all perfect. The grass is always greener, right? What the, what are the problems in in Argentina? Obviously not perfect, but it really looks like in many of these other countries. I say the same. there's all these problems in South America and Mexico, and why? rich with natural resources plenty of land, water everything they need to survive beautiful climate down there and yet there's all these problems. Why? It doesn't have to be that way. We could return to get them to just systems and a real currency that has real value and uh, suddenly I think you'd see all these other problems go away as well people had to cooperate to survive as opposed to just printing up debts that won't get repaid, right? You can can order anything you want. The government will send you a check. You can call an order and have it delivered to your house. You never have to speak to anybody. It's not the way that it's meant to be. can't go on forever. They keep printing the money for a while longer, but sooner or later it's going to snap back. I think it's a fascinating story of Argentina. It's going to be very fascinating to see what this new president can do, the same thing needs to happen here. They need to wildly cut the federal government, wildly cut spending, and we would be so quickly on a brighter path you couldn't imagine. You would be amazed at how quickly things would turn around. There's other little things that would need to happen as well. But fixing those things fundamentally would fundamentally shift the country, and sadly, I don't hear anybody talking about it at all. There's less people talking about the idea of a proper currency here than there are talking about moving to Argentina. And that's right around zero as well. Hey, God willing, I'll be back on Wednesday. I'm getting better. You probably still hear a little bit in my voice. Eh, It's still a a little crackly, I guess, but I'm feeling a lot better. God willing, I'll be back on Wednesday. Sure hope to see you there in the meantime. Make it a great day.